evening. Hopefully we are live now on the show. Uh, I'm hoping someone will jump into the chat very, very soon uh, and let us know if we're live. We've currently got zero viewers, which is always the optimum amount to have at the start of any one show. Um, Agreed. Yeah, I think that this is probably why people turn around and have intro music so that they that, that a countdown so maybe we'll, maybe we should just sort of hum for five minutes and just be like burr, 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 burr. so we've got someone in the chat just anyway so we've got Maxor in the chat Maxor, can you hear us just type something in let us know that you are uh, you are receiving us loud and clear um but yeah i think for next week yeah all good perfect so i think for next week maybe i'll do the a bit medical of, of technology Absolutely. So um, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, I have the pleasure of being joined by uh, two people that I know uh, quite well, I would say, in, in various forms. Um, one through uh, being a former clubmate, and I say former just because I buggered up off, off the other end of the country. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I left you. I, I abandoned you. Uh, and then the other from um, uh, probably from Twitter interactions over various bits and pieces yeah. over the over the sort of the the lockdown period and, and sort of throughout that and then had the pleasure of uh, meeting you at a tournament and stuff but we'll jump into that so for the minute um i am going to introduce my guests one by one so i'm going to throw it over to you uh jody so if you just want to give us a very quick uh who you are uh yeah Brilliant. so i'm jody um part of the essex more tribes um we met pete through just after lockdown, um, I think I sort of reached out over Twitter, um, wanted to get into the more of a competitive AOS scene. Um, he obviously answered the call, and then uh, then yeah, met met Pete through through local club um, in Essex in Colchester, and uh, kept in contact since. Excellent. And if if anyone wants to follow you on uh, on Twitter, Jody, your handle is uh, J Bedford Straw. Bedford Straw. I've got quite a, a long name. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, if you can't find me, obviously tag on to Pete's and just chuck in the search bar and you'll find it that way. Yeah, excellent. Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Jody. And uh, and then my other guest this evening, Grant. Hello, yes, it's uh, I'm Grant. I, I guess I'm part of the Farmhammer crew sort of podcast thing. Um, I'm from, I play up in Scotland. And yeah, I mean, I guess we're not doing a full origin story just now. I guess you want to save that a little bit, but... You also see me on uh, Northern Invasion. I've done a couple of battle reports for uh, Stu's Northern Invasion channel. Uh, I've deleted about six that I've recorded uh, over the past six months because my dice were so bad they weren't literally weren't worth uploading. Um, and the last one I filmed, the lights broke. So yeah, that that whole venture is going very well. Brilliant. I feel slightly nervous about having you on the show now, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't get you to roll dice, hold any tech, or do anything like that. Excellent. Um, okay, brilliant. Thank you. Yes, so uh, my two guests are joining me this evening uh, for a tournament special. Um, no, we're not going to run a tournament uh, on, on the stream. Uh, I don't think I, I could cope with the stress of uploading that tech and, and doing all that. It's, it's hard enough just uh, getting the show on the air each week. Uh, second week only as well. Um, but we are going to talk about... Uh, Running tournaments, etiquette tor at tournaments, um, why people might want to run tournaments, some top tips from our uh, two TOs and, and sort of talk about that. So um, for the minute, uh, we'll give some shout outs to the uh, the chat. So we've got Reese. Uh, he says, Grant's a banger. 
translation tree grant. Beard. That's that is our tree beard, our resident Sylvanath expert, uh, Six Nations player, and the winner of the biggest tournament we've ever had in Scotland. Uh, he won the Broken Realms event not that like a month ago back now. Yeah, seventy-two people smashed it up with Sylvanath. Wow, seventy-two people. Okay, well, we'll, we'll yeah. come back to talk about that actually, because um, I've I've got some questions about uh, Broken Realms and just sort of the experience you had and stuff. Excellent. Uh, we've got uh, Essex Moor Tribes Nick. Uh, good evening. He's in the bath, uh, which isn't an unusual place for him to be. What is unusual is that he hasn't posted a picture to me or Jody to prove that he's in the bath. Um, <laughs> that's the unusual part yeah. yet. Yeah, sure, this can be added. Sure, so this gets posted to Twitch chat this time then. Yeah, I mean, um, people do hot tub shows. We could have, like, Nick in the Bath, our outside reporter. Um, <laughs> will it boost the viewing? Will it drop the viewing? Who, who, who knows? Who knows? So, okay. So, let's, uh, let's mix it up a bit then. So, Grant, tell us your origin story. How did you get into Warhammer? How, how, what's brought you to this point in time? So, I, I started playing sort of in second edition. And I say sort of because my... Someone, a friend I lived close by, had a Signation box set, and we sort of played about with it. Um, not really playing it properly. Third edition 40k, I, that's 40k, I mean, by the way. Uh, right. Third edition 40k is where I started playing properly, and then, like, I did fourth edition, I dropped out, I came back in sixth edition 40k, played a bit of seventh, I think. I kind of dinging about a bit with that. And then it would have been the time I sort of got, I was playing 8th edition Fantasy about six months before it ended, which was, you know, superbly timed. Um, didn't really jump into AOS at the start. Didn't really click, didn't like the whole no points thing. Um, dropped, so stopped playing it there, then came back. Mainly came back around the Firestorm campaign, if you guys remember that. Before my time, sort of, um, Like a precursor to Cities, sort of. Um, narrative. So there's a narrative thing at the local Warhammer store in Aberdeen, which is one of the few stores with an upstairs gaming area as well. So it was like tournaments and stuff like that. So I started playing there and then sort of haven't stopped since. Um, got discovered like tournaments on I think it was the TGA forums. I know it was tournaments in Sterling. Uh, signed up. Didn't, didn't know anyone. Eventually managed to meet some people in the Aberdeen store that were going as well. And I don't think I've missed a two-day or singles event since in Scotland. Okay, brilliant. Um, is it a pre- since 2019. Oh, that's 2019. Although I missed one, the first Broken Realms one I think I missed. But in general, yeah, I've pretty much been to most of them since then. Okay. Um, is it a prerequisite for Scottish TOs to run their events on TGA, even though everyone's now moved to Twitter? Yes, I think it is. I think it's a. I think more than anything, it's it's a force of habit. I mean, the TGA stuff is generally just there. I think to have a list of who's going. Yeah. More than anything, like, I mean, I I won't bother for 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 Brewdog this year. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, for my event this year, I'm not going to do a TGA page for that because I think TGA is sort of dead. I don't really know, but I never really hear of it mentioned much. But yeah, I think that's what it is. It's just can store everything there everyone can access it easily and you can see who's going yeah fair enough um i do, do you still submit the uh your your scores to the bad dice rankings then <laughs> or have you moved forward now god god i forgot they were a thing <laughs> <laughs> to 
completely <laughs> forgot about them. Wow. Uh, so no, no, there is the completely separate Scottish rankings run now run by Mike Callahan. He handles all that for us now. Okay, so uh, so you have so yeah, I mean, obviously your rankings uh, go through to the uh, T Sports stuff, but um, yeah, I I was um, unaware of the uh, peculiarities of the Scottish uh, uh, rankings until I uh, found out that uh, I was like the number one ranked ogre player in Scotland after one yeah, event after one tournament, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which uh, which I think I held on to for the whole of the season. I think he did, yeah, because nobody was really playing them. And then I, I, I took them to an event and just did did, did horribly wrong. Yeah, I only got three yeah. two as well. I think it's like I think I yeah, I know, but I think I got less than that combined over two tournaments with them. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so uh, we'll, brilliant. Okay, so uh, sort of long time player uh, moving into the tournament scene. So okay, so Jody, what 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 would you say your origin story is? How did you get into the hobby? Um, so I probably started when I was what, eight, nine years of age. Um, was introduced to it. The same story as you hear from a lot of people. You get to a early teenage years, end up with an interest in the opposite sex or the same sex. Um, drop all the nerdy stuff, and then uh, picked up, picked it back up a bit later on. Um, for me, getting back into the hobby um, was actually more of a, for the social aspect. So um, for my work, some of you guys out there may know, um, but I'm actually a zookeeper. So with that, you, you move around with your, your job. Um, so I moved up to Colchester from the Isle of Wight, which is a fair distance. Um, didn't really know anyone locally. Um, and happened to walk past the local games workshop store thought, you know, this, this might be an interesting way to, to meet new people. Um, stuck my head in, uh, just picked up a novel, and then went back a week later and dropped like 500 quid on Boards of Chaos, whatever it was back then, um, Fantasy Army. Um, and that would have been just as End Times was finishing up. So back of End Times into, into AOS. Um, with all of that, like Grant said, with no points and everything else, um, Ended up playing a bit more 40k and introduced that with the, the local lads that I was, I'm friends with there. Um, and then dabbled with AOS back and forth every now and then, just sort of followed the flow of the local group that I was playing with. Um, and then when IDK dropped, jumped on the IDK train, um, typical, you know, list that you'd see, eel spam, I think it's 24 in the list that I had it then. Um, Paid all up, was like, yep, this is the year I'm going to get into competitive AOS. And then the whole world went, nope, no, you don't. <laughs> um, put a stop to that. <laughs> so when uh, restrictions started easing a bit more, um, like I said earlier on, I reached out on uh, on Twitter, decided I'd, I'd make a Twitter account because uh, that seemed to be the way that everyone was going. Um, put, uh, put a tweet out if anyone was local to Essex and you know played AOS and wanted sort of a bit more of a competitive match. Um, which then Pete, Pete responded. So um, I think there was a four or five of us that met up as soon as restrictions started lifting. Um, went there, met some of the other more tribes lads, and then um, then yeah, it's sort of been the same ever since. Been dabbling with forty and not forty k AOS, um, and uh, been going to a few events recently, which uh, comes up to to Carnage. The Carnage was the best um, sort of event, major event that I went to. Um, as a as a two day. 
Yeah, so it's exactly the same as me. You know, I mean, we tra- we travelled up, um, but uh, yeah, Carnage was the first two day I went to. But um, I'd been in the hobby um, a lot less time than the two. Of you. It's an interesting one, actually. It seems as if, um, and maybe it's changed now, but it seems as if AOS is very much Twitter focused, and 40k was very much Facebook focused. Um, like mm. if you wanted to sort of find the communities, if you will, um, bit of an odd one. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I've definitely sort of uh, there, although bizarrely the way i found um uh 4tk which is the gaming store jody and i played out of in colchester um was uh via reddit i think i posted on reddit saying is there any local you know is there anybody playing locally in colchester because originally um i was using reddit to upload um uh, and this is so funny because I'm one of the wor- I'm not the one of the worst painters, but I'm not a great painter. But I was uploading my models that I painted. <laughs> uh, they, they, there's somewhat some irony in there, but uh, uh, sort of a post on there um, saying, you know, is there any uh, local gaming scene in Colchester? Because I didn't know where to look for it, and um, uh, it was uh, Steve uh, Walsh that sort of just re- replied, yeah, as Nick said, I think Steve saw me on Reddit, yeah, he did, um, and just sort of said, oh, this is where it is, and and so on, and uh, went down visit did the store and then sort of met the guys and group chats and facebook and and so on and so forth so yeah it was um an interesting one um so oh we've got mark in the chat uh grant he says wait until grant gets a load of our car playlist uh so this playlist this playlist is horrendous is it the whiplash we're gonna get yeah we've picked he's put his half of songs in and i put my half of the songs in and Oh my god, our play, our our music tastes are so different. Like we're each going to hate half the journey, pretty much. Brilliant. I, I mean, you could, you know, just put it on shuffle, and then you could hate all of the journey. So, well, yeah, yeah it's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, every every so often we'll get a song that we like, one of us. Yeah, uh, I, I will share. I will share it on Twitter as we leave. Oh um, god, yeah, yeah, let, let Sterling, me. so people can listen along with the the wild journey that it's going to be. <laughs> It'll be a, an interesting sort of, there, there must be like a Venn diagram where there'll be the odd track that both of you like. Uh, there's, there's, there, it's, it's, no. it's pushing it. Okay. <laughs> no, to be fair, no, there is, there, 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 there is a couple he's put on, but it's, it's a small overlap. <laughs> yeah, no, brilliant. Oh, I mean, so, uh, so talking of that sort of, um, how long will it take you to drive down from uh, Sterling to Carnage next week? Well, I think, well, it's take it'll take me about three hours to get to Sterling. Right. Okay. Um, because about an hour in the bus from my house to Aberdeen, and then it's about two-ish hours. So obviously, with weighing around times, just a bit over three hours till I get down to Sterling, and then I think it's another two and a bit, three hours. I want to say to Manchester. Mark would know; he's the one that's doing the driving. Yeah. So that is a hell of a long way to roll loads of ones against me in game one. <laughs> Hey, if I if, if if I take a navigator, I'm going to be laughing all weekend. <laughs> you'll you'll roll nothing but fours and fives, but yeah, I, guaranteed. Okay, so uh, let's let's so okay, that's that's brilliant. Um, uh, Mark says it'll take two hours. He's choking for a pint, so um, he'll be getting good. his foot down. Good. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's interesting. So Jody, I met through the Moor Tribes. Um, Grant, I met you sort of uh, for the first time up in uh, Sterling uh, mm-hmm. for Tempest. Yeah, so Tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just sort of uh, imp- and again, you know, we'll we'll talk about this in sort of you know traveling to tournaments solo and stuff. But I think I just imposed myself upon you. I sort of messaged you in advance. Sort of was like, hey, I'm yeah. ASP. I'm coming for a beer with you. And yeah, and we were like. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah, and then you came up. Me and Sean were playing. 
if I remember right. And you yeah. walked over and goes, oh, hey. And then Sean's like, oh, I'm yeah. fluke slot whatever he's on Twitter. Yeah. And we're like, cool. And then me and Sean did our usual thing where one of our armies is a counter to the other army without trying. So our game lasts about two turns. Yeah. And then you were finished your game pretty quick. And then we, we went to the the pub for a few pints between rounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, it was sort of that weird, um, sort of not quite COVID was over, but wasn't yeah. sort of happening and stuff. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was good fun. But yeah, and then we went out to Brewdog in the evening, and you got all of the discounts on the drinks, uh, which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, why I go to Brewdog because <laughs> with the tattoo and the shareholder discount, it's yeah. pretty much staff discount or better. I get so brilliant. Okay, so let's talk about tournaments then. So let's talk about tournaments. So you are both, uh, you've both been involved in organising events uh, and uh, Jody, you are sort of uh, branching out onto your in, into your own sort of brand and stuff. So um, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to throw over to Grant first uh, just to sort of talk about uh, his tournaments that he's run and his motivations and stuff um, and Jody, just sort of, you know, feel free to jump in and ask questions and stuff. But so, Grant, you are. So, tell me about the tournaments you've run before and the one that's coming up in November. So, I've run, run one actual tournament, which was the Farmhammer event in Common Ground last year. Now, but that wasn't the first sort of Farmhammer branded, branded as if it's a thing. Um, name the first time we do, i'd use the name so during lock during during lockdown obviously there's no no tournaments going on and i think like the, the scottish scene because we all travel from so far we all travel from all over scotland to play in one venue largely um we were all kind of missing hanging out with each other and um, so around the time restrictions were lifting you could socialize in like open spaces well i've got a farm so i did sheds and I had people over for the weekend. We had people camping, we had a barbecue. Uh, we just played games for, for two days. And that was the, the first farm hammer type thing that I did. I mean, I did even get dice made for the event and everything like that. So like the, the original purple farm hammer, no, the, no, the see-through purple, the green and tealy, uh, tealy purpley ones that you see some people, like Mark's ones that are completely busted. Um, they're from that. So that was just a, a get together with, I want to say, maybe 12, 12 of us, 15 of us, no, maybe not even that much. And then I did the same the following year, and it was much bigger. And with some, some local 40k players came along as well. So once we'd done that, and it was just kind of a way for everyone to get together during lockdown because, like, I, I was missing the, the hangout people because I'm in a farm all day. So my job didn't change, but I was missing all the socializing I was doing. Um, so I ran that, and then obviously events start up again. I was like, well, let's, let's run a proper event. Let's, let's give it a try. And it ended up being the, the biggest event since lockdown. The first big event since lockdown that we did in Scotland was, was Farmhammer with, I want to say, 40-something people. Okay, cool, but yeah. But TTO's gone now, so I can't even check because it was all run on TTO. So um, once Tabletop Online went, I lost like two years of gaming history, sadly. <laughs> so I can't even look back and see. But yeah, it was... And that was... It was it was definitely a challenge, I think, running an event. I mean, you were asking earlier about the motivations for running an event. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know why TOs do it to ourselves a lot of the time, because uh, it's both very fulfilling and can be quite thankless sometimes i think you feel yeah. um potentially 
Um, but yeah, so we, and I was, I was very fortunate with that event in that I sold some tickets to a couple, some players from Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland who made, made the journey over and actually ended up speaking to some of them because for some bizarre reason, I was on the world's team that year, which was a complete error. <laughs> um, I, I, I met a few of them in Prague. Well, the Republic of Ireland, because it wasn't a Northern Ireland team that year. It was just the, the Republic team. And they said, oh, we're coming to your event. And all this yeah, don't, stuff. Don't, kind of, don't get that wrong. Don't, don't get that no, wrong. No, 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 no. I, I've learned my lesson there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was, it was very exciting to have people willing to travel that distance um, to, to come to the event. And for the one that I've got at the end of this year, there's um, a Norwegian contingent as well making the trip down. Oh, wow. Which is always exciting. Um, so it's not the first event run at Brewdog because Sinky's ran two. Um, but they sell out so quick and they do so well and people like them so much. It's much more local for me than, than Sterling. And the day, the brewery's like 20 minutes from my house. Yeah. So I decided to run another one at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, we've got them coming back. We've got, like I say, um, both sides of Ireland are coming this time again as well. Um, obviously, we've got Scotland and maybe get to get a few other countries in so yeah it's gonna be a real melting pot but the the differences in running an event from a running it in a gaming store to running in a brewery or any any not necessarily just a brewery but any venue that doesn't have the tables the mats the terrain all of that stuff just it's such a different such a bigger challenge to try and do gotta be a bigger logistic yeah i mean we're one of the very fortunate things that's happened during lockdown with the Scottish scene is the Broken Realms group sort of sprung up entirely separate from the main tournament group, I guess it was. Um, and they were running events in the same venue that the Broken Realms tournament was run, the, the Campanile Hotel in Glasgow. And because of that, they have a lot of mats and terrain. And obviously, we, you know, they're willing to let everyone else use that. So we've got that for the Brewdog events. I bought, bought a 3D printer this year, so I'm printing up terrain for the event. And we've all, you know, a few people have a couple of tables. Or so it's, it's pretty thrown together at the minute, but I'm hoping within the next, not so much for this event, but spoiler, I'll probably run it again next year. I'm hoping to have a much more centralized, a much more local collection of terrain that doesn't need to be traveled up with from other venues and stuff like that. But yeah, we definitely, running all events and, in common ground the gaming store you definitely start taking it for granted how much easier it is just to turn up and everything's there for you <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's it's definitely an interesting one sort of um uh, putting an event on that your the infrastructure is already laid out and established mm-hmm. um versus sort of that set up from scratch and stuff so just sort of going back to um the, the sort of the first farm hammer event you ran at uh, common ground which is in sterling mm-hmm. did did you do anything different with your pack did you did you sort of uh put any comp in any faqs anything uh at all different? no no because it was my first time running an event in that way and because it was the first one since lockdown i kind of wanted to play it fairly standard um so i don't think there was anything in there i mean for this one i actually was going to completely unrank the event um, and not have it be a part of the scottish rankings interesting and trying taking them over narrative spin but ultimately i decided that i'm not doing that this year because i'd already 
pre-sold a number of tickets to help cover the deposit for the venue. Um, so it wasn't completely out of pocket um, for that. But I think next year, so 2024, we'll it probably it, there's a good chance it won't be a ranked event and it might be a more narrative-focused event just for something different. It's it's an interesting one, though, because um, uh, you sort of, I guess you take on a, um, uh, a sort of... Um, slight risk that that you that you might sort of drop interest and i um it's it's certainly an interesting one i don't know whether um anyone saw on uh twitter over the last sort of 7 14 days um that the pack for facehammer was released and they have completely moved away from any form of comp mm-hmm. or uh, sort of thematic changes or so on or and so forth and the cynic in me maybe cynic might be the wrong word but last year i know for example that a load of the scotland guys decided not to come down to to face hammer for the reason that they they effectively comped the tournament yeah Um, well i think if i remember right for who was going was a lot of some of the six nations players were were going and obviously the practice wasn't going to be as relevant for them so they ultimately decided not to go yeah jody i know that you've got a, a particular view on comp yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Um, that's just my own personal view. But I think you end up changing the, the dynamics of, of the event and you're kind of altering it to the favour of the TO rather than yeah. letting the game be what it is. Um, FAQs are there for a reason. As a TO, you can adjust and kind of sway where you think things are a bit clouded. Um, but I think by adding in like X, Y, and Z and changing pretty much a whole rule set or ruling out a book completely that's built around a certain mechanic that this book is good at doing, you're limiting the people that are going to want to come to your event. You're mm-hmm. eliminating armies that people enjoy playing. So you're going yeah. to narrow, narrow your audience yeah. a lot more. And so yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah, and, and by the way, Grant, this isn't us... The, the, Grant, this isn't us uh, piling in <laughs> on you to say don't, don't no, do no, it. I think... Because- <laughs> If, 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 if I run the narrative event, I'm still not really going to be comping it. It's still going to be out of the book AOS. It just, the goals might be different. The aims might be different. It might not be, like, I'm not going to go through and change books or things like that. It would more be almost an experiment. Yeah. If we unrank the event and it's in a brewery, so it's theoretically more chilled out, does that change the level of filth that comes to an event? I think it's it's sort of a a curiosity thing and I guess it depends on what you do like what I liked was the secondaries that has been done at Carnage where it's separate from so you can kind of expand that idea a little bit and focus in on something like that but still have the main game I mean I I don't know it could still be just the standard five game I just think the Scottish scene has grown so bigly bigly god bigly so big I tried, that, I tried to make big and quickly together there. Yeah. And it was uh, it wasn't good. The I mean Tempest this year sold out in what a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. So the scene's there, and I think it would be a shame if the only thing the scene can support is complete match play AOS without any room for anything different. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And uh, so, like, like I say, it's uh, it's definitely not as piling on. Um, uh, just to do a couple of shout outs in the chat. So um, uh, we've got some of the um, the gaff lads in uh, who uh, travelled up to uh, Broken Realms. Um, good evening, uh, uh, Louis and um, Lyndon. Uh, Lyndon, I've sent you a message, mate, on 
Twitter, can you please respond to me? You know, sorry, not using the show for uh, personal messaging, but it's about the show, so uh, that that's why. Um, uh, and we've got Reese saying uh, he had a ticket for Facehammer last year and didn't go for that reason because you, yeah. you comped it or didn't comp it. Uh, so yeah, so um, I think it's. I mean, again, personally, I uh, dropped from Facehammer as well last year mm-hmm. because it was comped and. Uh, it's literally my local tournament, you know, that and um, college yeah. are my local tournaments. Um, but the sort of caveat with that was that it was in the middle of a run of, I think, three or four tournaments. And I just thought, what's the point if it's not going to get me anywhere? Like, I'm not prepping. And I think yeah. in that situation, it's even worse because you're prepping for three tournaments of normal AOS and then one tournament of something completely different. Yeah. So there's no way you can prepare for it properly. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a good one. Um, uh, so Nico from uh, AOS Team Canada has uh, put a question in the chat, which I'll jump onto in a, in a, in a minute. Um, in fact, we'll jump onto it now. So um, Grant, so uh, Nico says, um, as experienced TOs, how do you manage slash feel about people dropping out after first game or day one because they didn't get the result they wanted on the first day? Um, they think it's bad form, but what do you guys think? Right. Anyone dropping for personal reasons, I think is fine. Life happens. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And ultimately, you've you've paid your money to be there, and it's up to you how you spend your time and your money. And I get that. But if you drop from an event because you've not got the results you wanted, I would struggle. If I was running a second event, you, I don't know if I would be happy with you coming back. For this, for the simple reason, I feel that, and this is probably going to get me so much hate. But <laughs> Hot take, brace yourselves. Yeah, I don't. I also don't really care. Um, I think you you disrespect your opponents doing that because I think you've screwed up someone potentially, and that's assuming you've got a spare. Yeah. Now you should always have a spare player, but you know things happen. Or if your spare player is already playing, then they have to then drop out. Which is, again, is the job of the spare player to jump in and out. But I just think dropping because it's not going the way you want it to is, it's like being a sore loser, really. Yeah. It's it's definitely bad sportsmanship. Yeah. I just, and I get it, you don't want to turn up the next day and give everyone a with a sour face on and have a rubbish time, but it's toy soldiers. Like, if it's if it's that much of a problem, then maybe they need to think about why we're approaching the game, in my opinion. If it's affecting you that much that you don't want to play the next day, maybe there's something else somewhere that you should look at. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, um, I, I, I will hold my hands up. I, I had to drop from a tournament last year, um, mainly because uh, uh, there was too much rum and maybe not enough rumble. Uh, at the event, uh, it was a small small event at the Honest War Gamers, uh, uh, the T Sports Arena. Uh, there was lots of rum flowing. Um, I will be completely honest. Uh, I was in a quite a bad headspace that week, as it was. Um, you know, I was in the middle of sort of deciding whether I was going to leave my job or not. I was. It was horrendous. So I'd gone and sort of, you know, the my. I guess my two releases are going having a beer with the lads and playing Warhammer. Mm. Um, the two meshed together a bit too much, um, yeah. and it was a bit of a wake up call. And funnily enough, the, the following week, I did actually hand my notice in at that job, um, because basically, 
I, I just sort of, it was that wake-up call of like, you know, mm. I, I've spent money to go and play Warhammer. Um, I enjoy doing it. And basically I've, I've sort of, you know, got a bit too fucked up, basically. Um, there was a spare player. I, I know, genuinely, if there was no spare player, I would have I would have pushed through the pain. Uh, for those, I mean, you know. Even that, I don't think that's that. That's an unfortunate situation, but that's not you dropping because you're having a bad time. That's no. you've overindulged and... I mean, everyone at most poker tournaments have been hung over at some point in their lives. So, I, say, I don't think I've been to an event where day two everyone turns up. <laughs> I actually, do, we, like, I mean, ma- slept, like slept in, I just got too pissed and not, <laughs> not rushed I mean, in the next day. Maybe that's why I'm so against it because it's so rare at a Scottish event for you not to have everybody there day two. Maybe it's because it's so alien for mm. our scene in general mm. that maybe that's why I have such a, a reaction to it. I, I think it's a genuine reaction, I, I, and I think it's a legitimate one. I think if someone's dropping just because they've lost a game or they've lost two games, I think it is completely different, like to any other reason, uh, yeah. because you are you're you're actively choosing to not turn up just because your dice or you've played badly. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I think I, I can definitely see that. So okay, so um, we we've got we're going to get more questions in the chat and we'll we'll definitely open it up in a bit um we've got some more coming in um but what i will say is so grant so you've you when when is um uh hop hammer brew hammer farm hammer yeah brew dog when it when is it the minute it's just called farm hammer brew dog right now um but it is the 11th and 12th he says of november of november yes i'm just double checking that is actually a weekend and i'm not just Pulling that out of the sky. November. Yep, 11th and 12th. 11th that and 12th of November, okay. In Ellen. In, in Scotland. Ellen. Tickets. Ooh. Nope, Karen. As I say, t- tickets go on sale the week after Carnage. So the week two after weeks Carnage. on Friday. Two so, weeks on Friday. Two weeks on, on Friday, okay. And uh, where will yeah. they be able to buy those tickets? Um, it'll, I'm going to put up some posts on, on Twitter. So yeah. my, my Twitter handle is Farmhammer. Um, I will get a pack, but it will be basically telling you where to buy the tickets, which will be my PayPal account, um, because there'll be a new GHB. So I can't really do much of anything else for the no. pack other than just, this will be a tournament. We'll yeah. see what it is when the time comes. New, new GHB and new um, Dawnbringer uh, books as well, because apparently they're going to have a quite a shake-up on the old uh, tournament scene as well. So, okay, well, when, when you do get those up on sale, I'll, I'll give you a retweet and stuff. I'll tell you what's an Excellent. interesting one, actually. Um, and again, maybe this is a... Um, uh, a tip for people who've not been to tournaments uh, before. Um, nearly every TO does their ticket sales through PayPal. And yeah. for new people, the amount of like panic that this causes people where they're like, oh my God, is this legit? I've just sent money to some random guy. It's like, yeah. At, at, yeah. I'm a massive twat paypal.com and like is that real is it is it real is it legit i mean it's like yeah i've interacted with them on twitter or whatever or, or whatever what i would say is if if in doubt and you're not sure whether it's a, a legitimate just sort of reach out to someone else on twitter who you you might have seen engaging with tournaments or whatever uh and just sort of say like is it all right to pay them on paypal and stuff but <clears throat> I, i've had numerous messages from uh like various uh more tribes people over the over the period of time at the start going like is this legit? I ain't sending money to somebody over PayPal. They could be ripping me <laughs> off. And it's like, no, they've run 25 tournaments in the last five days. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, and it's interesting. Oh, we've got Liam in the chat. Uh, hi, Liam. Uh, Liam is uh, the uh, TO for War in the Heartlands, which, uh, if you've not been, is a fantastic event. Very well organised, sets the bar very high in uh, terms of uh, the extras that they do. And um, uh, absolutely, I, I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Uh, food's great. The company's great. Uh, everything's great about it. Um, and he sort of says that um, regarding the PayPal thing, you kind of need to, though, the amount of cash ticket websites take, the amount of cash ticket websites take for selling tickets is next to impossible to run an event mm. um, unless you're a company without the money up front. Completely get it. Like, it, it's definitely not a criticism uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a weird thing to do, to send, like, 50 quid to a random PayPal account and hope yeah. you've got a ticket. Like, yeah. I get it. But the, like, like you say, trying to run an event with taking the full money is still a struggle financially. So yeah. if anyone else was taking a cut, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then you're going to see ticket prices rise and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe we'll jump back into sort of ticket prices and uh, pricing uh, shortly. But okay, so Grant, you're 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 sort of an established TO. You've got you've got a reputation in Scotland. People know you. People like you. Um, I've got a reputation. Not sure. Not sure what. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's throw it over to Jody then as a, a new and budding TO. Sort of tell us a little bit Maybe. about you. <laughs> Say again. I'm a newbie. A newbie, all. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So t- tell us about uh, what 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 you're setting up and why you're choosing to uh, run a tournament in the in this uh, marketplace. So I sort of over the last year, year and a half, the more events that I've been to, the more I'm you know feel like. It'd be a good thing for me to do. Um, obviously, with the the more tribes, I've helped out with, with sort of chipping in on that, um, and collectively organising tournaments as a group. Um, we did our last, our first, sorry, uh, two day last year, um, and up until that point, we've done sort of the one day. Um, what I found from Essex, although it's the the county itself obviously borders onto other counties, but you're always having to travel a fair distance to go to sort of big established two days or um you know two days that a lot of other people you've met through other events are going to um sort of the ones down in in kent you've got ones in london um and then a bit further afield as well um there's not really any two days within sort of two hour driving i grant said obviously they, the guys in scotland travel all over and if you speak to people from america they travel for a week before they go to <laughs> soldiers. Um, Whereas in, over in the UK, obviously, we get frustrated when you're in the car for more than an hour. So, um, so yeah, where, where the more, tri- more Tribes events were happening in, in Colchester, uh, which is where our base is in the north of the county, um, so I've decided to start my own sort of franchise as, as such um, <laughs> in the south of the county, run it out of a different uh, different store. Um, and then, yeah, so this year will be my first one. Um, see how it goes. Um, sort of learned a lot during the one days with with the more tribes um, and speaking to a lot of TOs at events that I've gone to. Um, I mean, when I started to put the idea together um, to run Fall to Darkness, um, I reached out to Steve Curtis of Bucks, the Bucks Boys. Um, so he gave me a lot of tips and info. And if there's anything I was unsure on, just contact him. So he's been a massive help with trying to get everything organised. Um, I mean, there's still bits that I want to set up and get sorted. Um, the plan for the event is not until September, so I've still got a few few months to go. Um, but yeah, I think it is going to be sort of a, a small step. Obviously, the future plan for it, if, if it goes well, um, we'll keep adding people to the event and hopefully get a, a bigger 
bigger space to, to do it in further down the line because um, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, but like like Grant said, rather than a massive outlay and having to have the maps and terrain running out of a store um, like we did with the Moor Tribes or like I'm, I'm doing with um, with Falls of Darkness in September, the maps, the tables, everything's there. So it helps with logistics. Um, I've not got to worry about ferrying terrain from here, there and everywhere mm. and, and maps from all over the place um, to ensure I've got enough. So it's been a massive learning curve for me. Um, but I am excited to do it. You know, it's, it's one thing like I say, it's something that I want to do. Um, and having it sort of, although we'd have the, the two different events in the county, I think it would help spread out, have a few more events this side of the, the north-south divide, as it were. So there seems to be a lot of tournaments sort of in the north of the country, which there always was when I first started getting back into, well, getting into competitive Sigma. There didn't seem to be many in the south. Um, you'd have the odd one in London. That was about it, the couple of big ones. Whereas now there seems to be a few more popping up all over the place. Um, but also the thing that I'm trying to do, which it sort of goes around in circles, is without trying to make, make it unique, which again, if you comp something to the ground, you're going to make it unique because no one's going to turn up. Um, but try and make it my own, but not so it's the same as everybody else's, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So I really compete with a different label selling on point. your own stamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so so your tournament's called Fall to Darkness, is that correct? Fall to Darkness, Fall yeah. to Darkness, yeah. okay. Um, uh, you're running it on your own? Uh, on my own, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so you, you sort of didn't mention exactly where it's going to be, so... So we're gonna, I'm going to hold it out of um, Wailing Game. Okay. Which is a store, um, I mean, some, some guys in the chat may, may have heard of them online, they've got a big online shop. Um, and the old SHGTs to be held at Wayland. Um, so pre-pandemic, it used to, I think it was up to 60 attendees that they had there. Um, and then with the pandemic and their online shop, basically they cut the gaming center in half and used half of it for stock storing. Um, so it's now down to uh, was it 18 tables, so you can have 36 attendees. And talking to the guys there, the plan is hopefully further down the line, they will expand on that. Now everything's getting a bit more back to normal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Wayne Games, which is in Hockley in Essex, near Southend on Sea. Excellent. Okay. I mean, it's it's always great to see new uh, new tournaments uh, jump on the scene and stuff. And I think um, uh, I, I've sort of had a, a bit of a not Twitter rant because I don't think I do I do rants as much uh, as, as some others might. But um, certainly, sort of posed the question of whether um, you know is the era of big tournaments over, and is it actually you know now the time of smaller boutique friendlier tournaments? Um, what what are your thoughts on that, guys? I mean, I guess it depends on, well, for, for Scotland, we've been limited by common ground size for a long time. Um, obviously, the, the Broken Realms crew had their had the, the hookup with that, with the Campanile, and they decided to run a tournament out with that, which let us expand to that sort of 72-person size. Well, let's say us, Matt, it was entirely Matt's doing. So I quite like the odd big tournament. For the spectacle, like I still remember going to Bobo 2019 at what 200 people, and that was 
like, I don't know if I'll ever see something like that again, but that was nuts. Like, just that many people. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a tough one. I think it all depends on on the venue. I think that that's that's my takeaway more than anything from being at tournaments is the size of it matters less than the actual venue. I mean, you can have a hundred people in a tournament, but if the venue's not that great, it doesn't feel like a good. You don't feel like you've spent your money well that weekend. You go to a 30, 40 person tournament and the venue's lovely, then yeah, you you feel like you've it's been worthwhile. So so for you, it's 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 all about the venue. I think I think so. I think that's probably a fair a fair estimation on it. It's it's the venue and like where it is, chance to meet people, things like that. But all of that kind of comes down to I look at the venue. So there's, I mean, there's some photos you see on on Twitter of of various tournaments in these like lovely venues, and I'm like, okay, I know nothing about this tournament, but I want to go there because yeah. that looks like an amazing place. If they've booked out that place, I'm going to assume it's going to be a good tournament. Because okay. generally speaking, nice venues cost money to book out, so you assume someone's put a lot of work into it. So, unfortunately, sorry, sorry, I was going to say. So, for example, like Bloodshed, which is held in an old church, you know, the setting mm-hmm. looks it looks fantastic and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think there's there's a few I've seen last year, and I can't remember their names, but they were all like during harvest or during some other time of farming where I just couldn't get away from. Um, I think Warren Heartland is actually around the time that is one that I just don't think I'll ever make because of when it's held. Um, I remember seeing photos of it and it looked great fun. Yeah, I mean, um, Liam, Liam's just sort of, uh, before we jump to you, Jody, Liam's put in there, that the, there's a saturation point. There there was a point where you could do an 80-man event every other week. Player base needs to grow to support that amen, amount of event spaces. I think I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you you, mm-hmm. you sort of said Bobo um you know 200 players bobo's gone you know yeah that was it he he just uh you know and again i don't know anything about it behind the scenes i can only talk about what was sort of put out on socials but you know he spoke about probably the first to to talk about raising his prices initially had some you know some uh, initial signups and expressions of interest i guess you call them um and sort Mm -hmm. of rising costs and stuff just meant that you know it, it didn't look feasible um Hellstorm Louis, uh, Louis, have you gone and changed your uh, your Twitch name uh, just so that you can be Hellstorm Louis now? Um, but yeah, he said the Bobos at the Engines Shed are almost single handedly responsible for Gaff growing as much as it has, and for his and Toby's love of the game. So we can blame Bobo for Louis and Toby in the scene. Uh, so <laughs> um, so uh, what, what about uh, your point of view? Jody again so how many players are you're aiming for 36 players at yours what you know what yeah, do you think about do you think the market and the, the the scene can sustain large events I think it can um obviously from from a competitive point of view the bigger the event the higher the standard of play um obviously the, the bigger the event the, the sort of it's going to attract the top players um and then when you start having the top players filter in, obviously more top players want to come over. Um, I mean, one of the, the smaller events I went to last year um, down in Kent, because it's near the, the channel on that side, there's a lot of European players that have come over as well, um, sort of top European players. So I think it's a hard one, isn't it? Because there's more smaller player-based events. It's going to sustain at that level. Mm-hmm. But 
the more players you have at an event, like I say, it's going to attract a higher level of play. Um, yeah, I think it's a fine line between the between the two, really. So that's 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 interesting. So for you, what makes a good event? So Grant and and again, not trying to put words in your mouth, but Grant, for you, it's the venue, it's the location, it's the setting. Jody, for you, it's the quality of the players, the competitiveness of of the event. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also the um, the environment as well. Um, I mean, coming away from AOS, the forty k, my experience with playing forty k has a, a niche, should we say, uh, a player base, um, which massively puts new players or people that have, you know, haven't been going to tournaments very long, um, off of that that style of of events. Um, I mean, in the years that I I played forty k, hand on heart, I didn't really truly enjoy any big event that I went to, whereas AOS is completely the opposite, opposite side. Um, so I think the environment of, of AOS generally is overall more friendly, friendlier. Um, and that's one thing that I do do like. And also with the smaller smaller events, it's almost a bit more um, where sort of friendly between you and your opponent, as mm. it were, in a smaller group. You, you generally know everyone that's in the, in the room. Um, or if you don't, if you chat to your opponent, they might know friends that they've come with. So by the end of day one, going into day two, you've pretty much spoke to everyone in that, that small event. So it's a bit more um, family-based, if that's the right term to use. Yeah. It's so, a bit more like a family. So, so flipping that back to you guys as a, as a, a tournament newbie, but also you know someone who's run uh, sort of events with the Moor Tribes and under the Moor Tribes banner, and back to you, Grant, as a as an experienced experienced TO and someone who's been at two. Yeah, events I think we're, we're stretching the word experience oh, yeah. here quite a lot. Uh, yeah, well, so. you know, we, 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 hey, we, we, we've got to work with what we've got here, and then um, I'll, I'll sort of ask you some some points on it, and then I'll go to there's some really really interesting uh, comments in the chat uh, and insightful ones. So. As as a TO then, what can you do as a TO and tips for any people who are thinking of running tournaments? What can you do to create that that family vibe, to create that friendly vibe and that atmosphere? What can you do as a TO 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 help encourage that? Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot here, guys. It wasn't, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not all easy ones. That's not fair. That's not what I signed up for. Um, I get. To give you a chance to think, I'll give you a chance to think and I'll read out the comments from the chat. So, chance for you to think. Uh, So, uh, Mark has said, um, uh, who is a a TO in his own right. So, Mark, uh, the Scottish scene is starting to reach saturation point. We have an event every month. The knock on effect is that people are now picking and choosing events because they can't afford £50 a month on top of normal hobby. We're just lucky that our scene has grown somewhat to accommodate it. Uh, Louis has said aside from Bobo I tend to find as the size grows the quality really dips Birmingham GT was one of the largest but most disappointingly soulless experiences we have had as a group so yeah so okay so I've given you all of 30 seconds there so as TOs what can you do to sort of counteract those those comments those sort of soulless experiences you know how can you generate a friendly vibe at your events I think I have a very easy cop-out answer for this in that <laughs> we've not, there's no, the events that I've run have been either common ground where everyone knows the venue, everyone knows each other, and then the one I'm going to run is a Brewdog, and you can't have a soulless tournament in the Brewdog Brewery. It's just such a great venue. Like, it's, so, I mean, there's that. How I would go about, I mean, I am, so sort of spoilers, there is, um, 
I am talking with. I've got a game actually on Friday night with a with a guy, and we are speaking about potentially looking at doing a bigger event in Aberdeen. And that's going to be one of the ones that we're going to have to look into. Right? Okay, then this is going to need something. And how do we, like you say, not make it a soulless experience? How do we take that Scottish AOS feel and make it a, a, a bigger venue? And it's a lot of it's down to the people. I think it's and that's just the scene. And I don't know how you sort of do that in any any other location because that's just what the Scottish scene is nine times out of ten. It is it is just a lot of fairly friendly people. I mean, sure, we've got our share of idiots, but, you know, <laughs> everyone does. Um, but, yeah, as for fostering that, I just think you just have to have a positive attitude and try and be, you know, open. When you do your opening sort of speech at the start of the event, just try and be a bit excitable, try and get a bit of, not excitable, but positive. Try and be a positive person, I think, is the only way to really, people are pick up, if, you go, if you're running an event and you've had a bad time, then they're going to run on, they're, they're going to pick up on that. You have to be sort of positive about it and not let your nerves show. <laughs> yeah. I think is the, is the answer to that for me. Okay. Stay, staying positive. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and it sort of echoes uh, a point that uh, Lyndon's made, which is the TO needs to have the passion to make it more than just five games of Warhammer. You can really tell mm-hmm. when the TO has a passion for it and puts the extra effort in. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that one. So, Jody, for you... I also, ha- think, um, so I also think that reputation has something to do with it, um, which may be a bit of a you know, tongue-in-cheek sort of comment. Um, especially when it comes to social media, if you make yourself look like a complete twat all over social media, no one's going to want to socialise with you at an event and come to your event or, you know, pay you any money to spend two days with you because they think you're a complete arse. Um, so I think, again, as a TO, by attending other events, seeing how other TOs run stuff and taking a little bit of what they do into account, um, but also making friends meeting people that then think you're you're not too bad as it were um you're going to bring in people that way and then it'll make a more friendly friendlier vibe not that events should be exclusive because i'm not i'm not a fan of that side of it either but not boys club um but uh yeah i do think the reputation has a massive influence on ticket sales as well yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think that's fair. I think that's that's a, that's a really valid point. I think you know if um, uh, if someone's running an event and you you think my god, all I've ever you know I've played them across the table, they were a dickhead. I've seen what they've posted on Twitter, they're a dickhead. Um, my friends have interacted with them and think they're a dickhead. Why why would you you know? Yeah, you're just you're yeah. just not going to spend the time and money to travel and, and deal yeah. with that. So do do you think then that uh and it, maybe we're drifting into some some hot takes here and um I, I'm sort of prompted by what Louis put in uh in the chat. So Louis said when things get bigger you kind of feel like you're being battery farmed, milled for money like chickens on a farm. And I think, you know, it wouldn't take very much for any of us to think about that particular uh, tournament uh, organization potentially that you know if we were to say that comment uh, who that could be levied at um and you know i've been i've been quite critical of um the uh the the gt organization and its uh, sort of handling of um aos events you know and i'm i, I won't I, i'll put my money where my mouth is i've said that i'm more than willing to have a uh, have a chat with any of them at an event and um 
you know offer some advice on a, on sort of reputation management you know they say it's 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 unfair and that actually people who go to their events have loved it i've i've heard otherwise you know louis again talking about you know going to the birmingham gt and just saying you know that it wasn't great. I've heard from other people, you know, cues for food and and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. That the AOS part is is an afterthought uh, for the event. And again, I'm going to be really careful not to uh, to sort of move into the sort of uh, libel. Uh, don't want to get us cancelled <laughs> after uh, just two weeks. But the, these are things that if you were to look on social media, you could uh, find information about. And you only need to look at warhammer fest from you know just a week and a half ago of about sort of how bad that was as an event and sort of you know large organization not really thinking about the customer experience um so yeah it's um is it just to make a former fest comment there i think it's a shame because the warhammer world events i've I've only been to one but it was really good and it just i think it just shows maybe they were unprepared for how different is to run an event not in your backyard yeah p- p- potentially you know and it's and i think well, it's, it's just something as simple as i mean obviously there's other i'm obviously the exhibitions and the queues and that i'm not talking about that just the yeah. pure gaming side of things yeah. and that seems to me maybe it is just they're well, so for, used to where they run their events from from the gaming side and you know i think you know i did a, a bit of a, a piece on it for plastic crack and stuff i think i was quite balanced in it that from my point of view i thought the gaming side went okay um, there was some some issues around clarity of scoring um, that I think if they'd have been able to clear up or, or sort of, you know, comment on, then I think those would have passed. Mm-hmm. I think there was a bit of confusion pre-tournament uh, about sort of how the, the bracketing would work and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, for me, it was everything else surrounding it. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. the premier experience. I didn't feel like I was, at, you know, the premier tournament, you know, in yeah. the UK type thing. So, um it's it's an interesting one, but you you know sort of and the same the same day list submission has to stop for Warhammer World events. Like it's yeah, I mean that caused some some issues again it, with it's some, not a good thing with some people dropping out because you know their list turned out to be illegal and so on. But for that, I would say read read the pack. It was in the pack. Oh, absolutely read the pack. <laughs> yes, but you know we, um, we all you know you know the people don't. But I just think. That's just. I just think it's it's a lot more work for the TOs than trying to yeah. read X amount of lists in one day to make sure that the winner doesn't go on and have an illegal list. Like I just think, give yourselves a couple absolutely. of weeks, a week, yeah. run through it. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Um. So again, Liam in the chat has said, um, sent them a play essay on it the other week. I presume he's talking about the sort of the GT boys here. Um, I'm 100 percent that the TOs are great TOs, but it's the stuff surrounding it, and I think it's that soulless bit. So from 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 my point of view as a as a customer, as someone who's helped organize events for the for the more tribes and as someone who has you know put on events my career was putting events on you know that was that was my uh, my job for a number of years um i think that personalization that personal touch i think that you know for for too long it there was a there was an open market you could just put an event on charge your money mm-hmm. people would turn up play five games of warhammer and you almost left it to the to the players to create the atmosphere and the vibe. And I yeah. think that it's now changed that people expect that. And Grant, you said at the top of the show, they expect that USP. You know, what is different about your event mm. from the event that's the week before, the week after, the week after that, the week after that? Um, yeah. You know, am I playing in a sterile environment? You know, going back to War in the Heartlands and, you know, again, Liam's event, you know, they have player packs that are personalized. 
wasn't happy about mine this year because it did call me something like a pauper or unemployed Pete or whatever. I thought that was a bit too close to home. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, at the time that was only two months. I think if it was now, I'd probably just break down in tears after seven months of not working. But uh, uh, so personalized player packs, there was special, you know, things that you could do to try and win within your uh, your grand alliance. And they spent money on the cameos. Uh, so, they, you know, the round announcements were done by um, celebs. Um, you know, which was it was unheard of at the time. You know, and still no one's doing that. Mm. The venue itself is 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 it, it does what it needs to do. You know, it's an open venue. You're not um, uh, sort of uh, bum to bum. Uh, you know, you can move around. They brought independent catering in for one of the days. Uh, there was plenty of toilets. You know, plenty of you know facilities. Uh, the bar opens a little bit later than they'd have liked and we'd have liked but you know that's a it's a running a student venue you know that's that's always going to mm-hmm. be an issue um but it was fantastic you know and also liam's very active on the social media so's mark you know so that they're, they're the people behind the tournament i know yeah. who my money is sort of going to and i came away from tournament one and i was all over twitter customer saying that was a great event can't wait to get my ticket next year sign me up etc so word spreads so I think I think if you if you know as a TO if you're running an event you know don't hide behind a brand be front and center try and know your customers you know or at least engage with them um Alex who uh, runs Carnage and will be on the show next week says that he might not know everybody coming to his event before it starts but by the end of day 1 he will know who everybody is yeah and you know he's his his is an 80 person tournament you know it's it's the tournament so it's not just a small tournament thing, but yeah. So, so okay. So we we think there's you know some bits there. So, what are your um? So, uh, Grant, sorry, you were taking a swig of beer. So, what's your top three tips for a wannabe to? Top three tips, Jody. You've got as long as Grant takes talking to. Right. to think okay, of so okay, so I'm just gonna copy and paste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I've, I definitely got the biggest tip, but I'll leave that to the end. Um. I think one of the, as much as possible, and it's not always possible because you're everyone's limited by the situation they're in, try and have the terrain for the tables be as even as possible. Um, if you're running a purely competitive, obviously not talking about narrative events or anything like that, if you're running a purely competitive event, you want to try and have your tables be as equal as possible. Um so just to piggyback onto that, I also teamed the Masters this year. I didn't really run the event as such, but the person who was setting all up was ended up qualifying and playing, so I ran it. And we used terrain maps for that. So the night before, I tried to have every table have the correct number of pieces to copy the maps. And that, that didn't work because of the limitations of what we had there. But right. that's something that, you know, if you've got the time and you've got the, the ability to... But that's only... 16 players so it's only eight tables so that's an easy thing to do is to try and have the the, num- the correct number of trains so like that that's something um uh I'll, I'll skip to the big one announce the correct winner because <laughs> i didn't <laughs> like and i almost didn't run another event and i i still feel bad about that and i've apologized to, to david uh, smith so many smith smith um so many times but yeah, I was running the event on, on TTO. I had it hotspotted to my phone. I hit refresh before I did the announcements. 
didn't quite give it enough time to refresh as first and seconds flipped. And yeah. So I, don't know, so, so I think there's probably something in there about just sort of, you know, give yourself enough time to get it right as opposed to trying to get yeah. it done quick because everyone wants to yeah. get away and so on. So Exactly, okay. yeah. 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 I think being prepared I think yeah. is, is, is is a huge thing. And making sure that you have a plan like all, all through the, the games before then, I was trying to sort out everything I could. So we did like the, the painted votes and all, all that, like between, so I'm doing that during game five. So everything I could was ready. And it was just a simple mistake of, you know, I just didn't give enough time to refresh before I did the final check because I, I went through everything. I was like, I'll just double check. I just did it wrong. Yeah. But yeah, it was a horrendous experience for me. I can't even believe, I don't even want to know what it felt like. Well, I do because we spoke about it, but it was such a horrendous experience for David. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's one thing. I've announced the winners properly. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's probably the biggest thing. And try and have fun. Try and have fun. Yeah. As a TO. And you will be bored. Yeah. There will be, especially between like game one and two, you've got nothing to do. Everyone's just started. There's nothing really to sort out yet. And even after lunch, between games like two and three, you're still you're still kind of struggling around. Day two, you've got plenty to do, but day one, be prepared for some sitting around twiddling your thumbs potentially. Or use that time to go and get to know your players and just say hello to everyone. Exactly, but you've got to be careful with that. Yeah, yeah of, course, of course, because you don't want to interrupt games. But the no. good thing is, whenever people come up to you, because at the time I was having everyone come and hand their results into me, that was a great chance to speak to everybody and yeah. get to know everybody then. Um, but yeah, you always go around, you know, every half hour or so, just check what's going on, look yeah. over people's shoulders, you know, check if anyone needs a, needs a question or anything like that. So you just make make your presence known yeah. and don't sit at your computer either. Yeah, no, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Again, if you if you look like you're just checking your work emails, then again, that's gonna, mm-hmm. that's going to reflect. So. so okay, so I like those. So top three there was uh, 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 make sure you announce the winners correctly, uh, be and sort of be prepared. Um, be prepared for a little bit of boredom, but you know, get around the table. And I've already forgotten what mm. your, what your first tip was as well. That's horrendous. So have I. So have I. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very good then. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, so, Jody, your top three tips as a TO. I think organisation is one. Um, I've been involved in a couple of events where you're sort of last minute panicking. Yeah. Make sure stuff's right. Um, I mean, I'm quite an organised person, so I would like to have everything in place. There's no sort of last-minute rush. Um, I think as well being honest and sort of hold responsibility for things. Um, I've had experiences before where stuff's advertised in a pack and you get there and it's not there. Um, It's not sort of included. It says it's included in your ticket price, but it really isn't. Right. That would be horrendous. That would really annoy me. Yeah. But also, when when questioned, it's kind of like hold ownership on on that as well. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's your event; you need to take responsibility for everything that happens, rather than not. Um, so, I think that as well. That's, for me, that's another important one. Um, and making sure that things are clear cut, so you've decided on something. That's what's going to happen. Whether somebody thinks that you know what you're saying is wrong rather than being like, oh, okay, well, we'll change it this time. And then you're not mm. definitive and this is what we're doing um, as well. And then, like Grant says, just, just have fun. 
Um, we're all there for the same thing, the love of the game. So yeah. you might as well have a laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, nice Grant, you enjoyable experience. Your, your first one was terrain. It was make sure all the terrain. Oh, it was, was that, yeah. yeah so, that was ter- it, yeah. Is, it, it was, yeah, it, it's maybe not the best advice, but no, it's something yeah. that, I mean, if you end up with a, I think it's just, it's, even if you, just to go back, I guess, if you are limited what you can do, at least try and make the top tables be pretty similar because you don't want someone on table one to be moaning because they've got a massive bit of terrain and nobody, someone on table two doesn't and it, yeah. and it just all kicks off. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think those those are really good bits of advice. I think my my bit in there would be the be prepared. I think you know prepare as much as you can in advance and um, have a think about things as well. So I went to a tournament. I won't I won't name and shame, but went to a tournament where they had the um, they had a sheet where you could. Um, tear off like your best sports and your best uh your your best painted um so you had to hand in your best painted first but that wasn't the bit of the paper that was at the end so you had to tear off the bit of paper which was your your favorite <laughs> opponent put that in your pocket then tear off the bit that says best right, yeah, best yeah. uh painted hand that in and then remember to not lose it so i think you know thinking those little things through mm-hmm. in advance um just you know think through your event and go okay what needs to happen at what time i think is is a really good one um as, as a bit of a advice for tio i think the other bit is, you know, hold your hands up and say if you don't know something. So if you don't know a rule, that's fine. But know who yeah. the people you need to ask in the room are. Yeah. And I don't mean your mate Dave, who's on table, you know, 20, and go, by the way, this really complicated interaction, what should happen here? You know, if you've got someone who's more experienced in the game, you know, go and ask them, you know, as well, uh, or, or sort of have a, a bit where you know you can go to uh, would, would be my sort of second tip. And I think, you know, echoing what everyone else says, have, have fun. Um, just going through the chat and stuff, a couple of, couple of really good bits in here. And um, uh, it's really great. We've got some TOs in the chat as well, sort of contributing. So um, Mark has said, as a TO, I think it's good to look at events you enjoyed in the past, unpick what made them good and try to emulate it. Then let your event evolve. This is the fourth onslaught and I'm still evolving as a TO. Um, yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. You know, um, marginal gains. You know, what worked mm-hmm. doesn't need to change that. But gets how many events message you and say have you got some feedback from the event it's i mean it's it's, it's running a business 101 isn't it you know yeah. reaching out to your customers and saying hey guys hope you had a fantastic time would you mind spending two minutes to just fill in this survey monkey that just gives me some feedback mm-hmm. on the event what went mm-hmm. well what was bad what could be improved upon next time i mean that could solve all your issues you might be thinking you've run a brilliant event yeah it's you, you come to the yeah, final I year. Never thought about that, to be fair. And again, you know, I, I, I sort of, you know, when I was reaching out, to say about reputation management with the tournament that shall not be named. You know, these are basic things because, as I say, I've run events. You know, I, uh, I'm actually an award-winning event organizer. Uh, I, I, I won the best one-off event for the uh, the three and a half thousand person event I ran, uh, where uh, you know, for a summer ball. But again. That was high. Now, you, now you've set the bar for your first AOS event. Very high. <laughs> or, realize that. Or, you? Already did. Yeah, the more high tribes. High. We already did it. it more <laughs> tribes. We did it. it was, we sold out 32 <laughs> players. Jobs are good enough. Retired. Um, no, but it, it's, it's, it's lessons you learn. And, you know, again, we were asking students at that time to pay, you know, 50, 50 pounds plus and, and drinks money and so on and so forth. And, you know, 
students don't have a lot of cash. And this was pre-COVID. You know, for a number of years, we ran it, we grew it, um, and we learned lessons each year. But part of that was the feedback cycle. Tell us post-event, what went well? What did you like? What did you hate? What could we do to improve it next year? Because otherwise... You run your event, it sells out, you think it goes great, you put your event on next time and you lose a ton of cash. And it's simply because you didn't bother talking to anyone. You spoke to your mates who, let's be honest, a lot of mates aren't going to be honest with you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. It's great if you've got mm-hmm. brutal mates. If you're friends with Russ from the More Tribes, he'll tell you straight out. He'll be like, it was shit, mate. It was crap. <laughs> you know. But if you don't have friends like that, it's, it's good to get customer feedback direct. So, yeah, so yeah. Agreeing, agreeing with Mark there. Let your event evolve. Um, uh, uh, Nico, we'll come on to your question in a second, which I'll put to the to the guys in a second. Um, uh, there was um, – Lyndon said, all aspects of the hobby should be represented in the awards too. For a hobby where a large proportion is building slash painting, just having one hobby award doesn't make sense to me. Some people like to win the event and some like to showcase their hours of hard work on the painting table. I think that's fair. So for, for Farhammer, what I did – to sort of do something along those lines was I had I did have one painting trophy, but I also had like it was just certificates. I, I nominated five people to be judged or yeah. six, whatever it was, and I gave everyone like a nomination certificate and a pin badge. They, they got nominated, and then the, the best overall won the trophy. Brilliant, like that. Um, so it was just it was just to give everybody that the got that nomination something. Yeah, J- Jody, what are you planning on doing on the hobby side for your event? If you can reveal that, my uh, top secret, I don't know. No, you're fine. So, um, yeah, we'll have uh, Best Painted um, and then one, two, and three. So three places. I'm trying at the moment to convince a good friend of mine um, who is a Golden Demon winner. Nice. But he... he flex. Look at that flex. <laughs> Look at that flex. Oh, got a mate. He's one Golden um, Demon. You know, cash. But... He, I'm uh, not going to make this one too, like... so I mean, if we're going <laughs> to <we're> flex. <laughs> but he doesn't like judging other people's work because he doesn't like the pressure. Yeah. So I'm still I'm still working on that for him just to, to come along and do it sort of undercover, even if I buy him like goggly glasses and stuff yeah. and I'll notice him um, to do that. But yeah, well, I'm planning to do first, second, and third. First, second, um, and third, like that. Over. Yeah, I think there's, you know, some tournaments are moving towards um, like a judge's choice and then a coolest army, because let's be honest, Mm -hmm. um, not everyone knows what good painting is. You know, it's not not criticism, it's subjective, isn't it? Anyway, it's subjective. Mm -hmm. So some are moving. I wouldn't wouldn't want to judge my own best painting for an event. Mine's always player void. Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's one for you then, chaps. How do you stop... The best painted, not just being the winner of uh, being won by, sorry, the person who just manages to bring enough club mates along. If you're doing player vote, you can't. Okay. Like, there's, there, I don't think there is a way to stop that. You just have to hope that people will vote for what they genuinely think is the best painted more than they'll vote for their mate. Okay. But I don't think, I, I think the only way to do that is to then have a, is to have an independent judge. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, again, you know, people in the I mean, chat thing, agree. Sorry, Pete. Um, one thing that I am with my pack, I, I mean, I need to write my pack up fully. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to put in mind is that for people to declare if it is custom, um, custom if it's been commissioned. commissioned before, which I know has been recently discussed on Twitter, for yeah. people turn up with a commission painted army, winning best painted, but they've not actually put any brush to them, their models. 
Yeah. Um, so there will be a disclaimer to announce it before any of that goes through. Yeah. Um, which I think, for me personally, I think should be in a lot more packs because um, I've seen it before at events where people have won best painted, but they've not actually painted the models themselves. Yeah. I I I I I one hundred percent endorse that. So any TOs that are listening, maybe maybe it's time to start disqualifying or sort of getting people to uh, sort of uh, announce if they've had it commission painted. Because um, yeah, absolutely, I think that that's true. So um, some people mm-hmm. in some people in the chat agreeing with you again, so that you can't stop people from voting from it. Um, you've just got to hope that people are honest. Um, uh, Fish says I vote for anyone other than my mates. To be honest, fuck them. Good, good approach, Fish. <laughs> Love it. Um, although I think he did right on his painting slip. Uh, by, but, but, uh, vote for me and I'll get you a beer uh, at the last event we were both at. I might be wrong, Fish, but I'm pretty certain you did have that there. Um, so um, one of the other bits of advice, uh, Liam, so be visible, go walking around. If people need a TO, they need to be able to find you. So here's one. Mm-hmm. Really simple. Get a t-shirt. T-shirt that's a bright colour that just says "to" on it or something. You know, again, yeah. if, if if it's a big event or people don't know who you are, having mm-hmm. a "I'm a to" ask me a question or something might just help. It's just all these little bits that are touches for somebody who's maybe new to it, um, or the difference between someone who's helped organise it and someone who's actually a judge. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Fish says, um, "Get the names of your players right. Don't dead name them." I think yeah, I mean that's a that's a sort of um, uh, basic, you know, common courtesy and stuff. I think um, a few t- tournaments are now sort of trying to do the sort of a name badge or a lanyard or something, just so that um, it helps. I mean, there's an element of me that says that's on the players. You know, if you're if you're engaging with somebody, have the common courtesy to say, "Hi, I'm Pete, and you are." And if they yeah. turn around and go, uh, then you know what type of game you're in for. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I could be wrong, but most people have their names, yeah, on their on the on the on the BCP or table stats and large thing we're using the carnage. Like yeah. I always assume, so you just kind of just go by that. Yeah, yeah. Th- I, I, although occasionally, you know, when they've re-rolled it and not told anyone, you start talking to somebody, and then midway through, you realise, hang on, I've just been <laughs> using the wrong name for the last twenty minutes. Oh well, yeah, and and this isn't the army I was prepping for. But you know, I just I just go with it. Um, so, so like yeah. how it took you twenty minutes to notice you're playing a different army. That, yeah. that, that shows <laughs> how, how well your games are going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's be honest. Sometimes the uh, the beers kick in early, and you're just like, what? Well, f- what did you just play against? I've no fucking idea at all. Okay, so I think those are, those are some fantastic uh some tips and stuff i'm gonna th- i'm gonna open up the controversial question now so we've talked about sort of tips for for budding tos we've talked about uh you know what you can do to sort of make people feel welcome and stuff how do you deal with the dickheads so i'm going to broaden it out and we're not going to use any names here but there's people who everyone um you know knows as uh, and it's a small minority, but people know them as problems on the table, either through they've got a reputation for cheating or uh, bending the rules or uh, perhaps, you know, not being clean with their rolling or bullying on the table and stuff. And some of these people are quite known. As a TO, how do you approach this? How do you deal with it? So I don't think I've, I've not had to deal with it personally. Um, I haven't haven't had to, but the way I would work at it is if I think I would need ideally either see it myself or a player 
to come up and tell me because I can't see everything as a TO. And I also, I don't think it's fair to take just Twitter hearsay yep. and put it against someone unless unless you've got feedback again from people you, you personally know. Um, but yeah, if someone is doing is doing that, so say they're not rolling clearly, they would just say to them, look, just I've noticed because obviously if, if the player comes over and speaks to me, then I'll then go and stand near that table and give an answer. Look, your rolls aren't clear. Can you just roll in front of? Can you just roll in the open. If if and you know if they if they keep refusing to do that, then you, you, the only thing you can do is just escalate it and be like, look, I'll have to start docking your points. And I guess that should be in your pack. Should be that the TO reserves the right to dock points for conduct unbecoming or something like that. So just so you've got yourself covered, that don't turn around and say, oh, but there, there was no mention of that in the pack. Just try and have some sort of cover in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, Touchwood, it's not been an issue that I've really been aware of um, in it, most, much uh, Scottish events. Um, I mean, the odd thing here and there, but yeah, you just have to kind of make, if you make it aware that you're aware of them, a lot of them tend to stop. Because I think a lot of the, the bullying and hidden rolling and things like that are people that think they're getting away with it and think they can... Any any sort of conduct like that is a, is a, is a bullying in some way. Um, it's because they're a bigger presence at the table, they're a, you know, a bigger personality, things like that. And if you can point out that you're on to them, I think nine times out of ten they'll just... They will stop that. Or they'll double down, and then you just eventually have no choice but to say, "Look, you're out." Okay, so like you're... so theoretically, and mm-hmm. again, I'm sorry to put you guys on the spot, but you're the ones that turned up for the show. So uh, here yeah, we so go. You're not sorry, so, why? I'm not sorry at all. So, <laughs> so okay, so in this theoretical conversation, uh, mm-hmm. this 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 person has, uh, you know, uh, roll dodgy rolling, bit of cheating, mm-hmm. you know. F- forgetting rules however you want to call it you've spoke to them multiple times during the event you've maybe yellow carded them you've you know had a chat with them all five players and again this is the chance uh i can't remember who bloodshed bloodshed put this in their pack so they say they've got a little slip at the bottom that says do you feel your game reached a satisfactory conclusion so you could you know mm-hmm. all five players turn around and yeah. write in no because player x was a cheating scumbag or they were doing this they were doing xyz mm-hmm. They try and buy a ticket for your next event. What would you do? Refund them and say, I'm sorry, but due to feedback at the previous event, I don't feel you'd be a good fit for this event or something disgustingly polite like that. And just basically say like, look, we've had the feedback. We've had from separate sources that this issue, that issue, the next thing. If you can prove at other events that you're no longer this person, then that's great. But because there's an event that I ran that this happened at, and it's my money and my reputation on the line, I'm not willing to allow you a ticket at this time. Okay. I like it. We're going to because come back I... to that. I, li- I like yeah. it. We'll come back to that. I like that. Jody, how, how do you deal with uh, uh, slow players, notorious cheats, people who rolled their dice dodgily, or, you know, they've got dice, they've got three sixes on the sides, yeah. etc. How would you deal with it? Well, they're your dice, aren't they? Um, <laughs> just roll sixes even for Battleshock these days. <laughs> fucking awful. Um, yeah, I mean, I've not had to deal with it personally, but I'm, you know, pretty on board with what Grant said um, about refunding, giving them an explanation why, 
but also as much as the AOS community is big, it is also very small. So if they've done it at one event, you probably know the TO of that event <clears> and the community does talk amongst itself. So reputations do build up very quickly. Yeah. So whether you give them, say you, you, you ban them from your event, but they've got another event coming up. You speak to that TO. If, if they've had issues with them there and they've let them play, then you don't give them that second chance. But it's almost like a 12-year, 12-month cycle. 12 years. They, they, they 12 fuck years, up at 12 years' yeah. worth of events and then they're finally done. <laughs> three, That's it, they're out. Three editions, three editions have to go by. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you almost give them like a 12-month ban, actually, from... From if it's a, if it's an annual event, if you're running, you know, bi-monthly, quarterly events, then you're going to have more of a scope to play with it. Um, but I would speak to other TOs that have had, you know, incidents or you know, scenarios happen with with said player. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if you run an event and it's only an annual event, you know, you, by the time it rolls around, you may have forgotten about that sort of, you know, if it's only minor indiscretions, but they've still ruined someone's weekend that there. So maybe, maybe, maybe it is more tournament talking. Maybe it is more TOs talking, and I'm sure they do anyway. You know, I know there's a sort I mean, of a TO network in the in England that these guys talk and stuff. But maybe it's a, you know three strikes and you, you're on a six-month ban and then you, you come back and you'll be monitored or something, um, uh, maybe. So it's – and again – There I'm, was that – just you're being monitored. Was there not that – was it a 40K event over in America where a guy was literally – had to be filmed while he was playing his games? And had three judges because, on or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's just not worth it. You just don't let him play. If you're having to yeah. dedicate that much resources to one person, it's not worth it. And I think that's an interesting point because even if it's, you know, you're both running events on your own, if you're having to monitor that, say, that game five top table because somebody's mm-hmm. got that reputation, that's taking away from everybody else's enjoyment. You know, that you're not on hand yeah, to, which, to check in on them. You're not on hand to do your event. And I think any event that I put on, I'm not putting it on for the, the person, well, not just for the persons on table one. I'm putting it on for everyone. Yeah. There's forty other people in that in that room. They're all they've all paid the same amount of money. They're all worthy of the same amount of attention and time that everyone else is getting. So you, yeah. you try and you don't want to be monopolized too much for some for a situation like that that's avoidable. Okay. And I just for anyone that's sort of listening back to this on a podcast, they're joining us now and they're going, My God, this sounds awful. I don't think I want to go to an event or whatever. I should emphasize this is like a very minor, small percentage. Yeah, I've, you know, Grant's never encountered I've never had it. to do anything like this. You no. know, um, well, yeah. It's, I, the, the reason as, I bring it up is just... Grows, as, as any scene grows, there's the, the chance for something like this to happen, and Age of Sigmar is growing more and more. So yeah, there's always that risk. And I, I think I think the key takeaway from it is that if you're in that situation, talk to the TO. And again, that talks about that visibility. Talk to the TO and say, yeah. this, is, this is happening, you know, 
what can you do? And I think TOs need to sort of, you know, uh, be uh, sort of willing to step in, as, as you both sort of said you would. Um, going, going to the mm. chat, Liam says, um, I've done this with 40K, but never really had to with AOS. Had a conversation with one of the most notorious cheats ever, warned him and he was well behaved, checked in over the weekend. Again, 40K, I've double lost both players. Can't play a game, both lose. Neither of you are going to win the event. Did that round four of a, uh, a, a B&G 40K event. Um, I mean, Liam is has... A, a reputation of being tough you know if you have to call him over because you can't decide on the result of your game you're both losing it uh so uh and you do a double loss on bcp though i remember that was that came that came up there was a and it was a was it more, it was so we were discussing a, an event me and another to up, up in scotland i don't can do a double loss on bcp Le- liam's we, we saying yeah see. liam's saying yeah you can force it so just just reach out to liam <laughs> He'll, he'll tell you how to do it. So, so yeah, so Liam's sort of saying again, players need to A, talk to the TOs there and B, actually stand up for themselves. And I think I agree with the talk to the TOs. I think there's an element of, um, you know, if you're a new player, you might not feel as comfortable. And especially if you're getting somebody, you know, I don't want to say a big name in the in the scene, but if someone's wearing, a, say, an international club shirt or they look like they're part of a big crowd, you know, it can be it can be difficult. So I think, yeah, talk, talk to the TO if you're having a bad time. Um, Fish says... Um, we all know who the bad players are in the community are though uh, yeah small community as jody was saying everyone talks um uh liam again saying if people don't like i, I get people don't like confrontation but still if you don't say anything don't expect anything to change 100 percent agree 100 percent agree yeah i mean if you don't yeah. feel comfortable coming up during your game if you could come up after the game where it's maybe not as obvious that that's the problem yeah. at least then you're stopping that problem from carrying on if possible yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fish saying, I've had one game where the guy was blatantly cheating. I didn't involve the TO straight away. I won the player in no uncertain terms. If he carried on, the fight wouldn't be with dice. But you're a scary guy, <laughs> Fish. You know, you, there's a lot of us nerds out there that don't carry much weight and they're small and, you know, our backs hurt if we reach over to get our dice. We, I don't want to throw fists. Uh, and, uh, Mark made an interesting comment in the chat. I just need to find it. Uh uh, happened in Scotland a few years ago. To sent a joint email saying that the person was on probation, uh, and that person's no longer a part of our great scene. So again, taking action. Don't want to spend too much time on it. I just thought it was an interesting one to sort of talk about. You know, the 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 side of, um, uh, you know, the the dark side of tournaments, if you will. I think <laughs> it's a very small proportion of it a very small yeah. proportion i think on the whole uh, it's a great scene and very welcoming so and um, okay we've got about half an hour to go so i uh, quickly let's let's talk about our road to carnage so next week uh all of us uh are taking part in carnage so um how are you both preparing for carnage and before you jump in chat Last 15 minutes of the show will be your opportunity to ask any other questions and um, nico will be going first though uh, with his question uh, in fact i'm going to do nico's question first before because we'll be moving off the to bit so nico said uh had a, heard, heard a couple of tournaments in the uk got cancelled due to a lack of players at what point do you think do you guys think it's best to cancel an event if it at what point do you guys think it best to cancel if an event hasn't sold many tickets I think a lot of it comes down to when you put your tickets on sale more than anything. Um, if you've got enough time that, again, I think a lot of events tend to sell quite, again, I can only speak for the Scottish scene, but because they're selling out so quickly, it's not really been an issue. But 
if you put your tickets on sale, say, six months beforehand, and in a month you've still not sold much, I think it depends at which point you have to pay for everything else. Like, if your deposit for your venue is gone, you have to write that off. But if you've still not paid for food or prizes or anything else like that, I think you kind of have to make a decision before you have to spend all that money out because then you're just that money's just completely gone as well if it doesn't make the money back in sales at the end so as a to you're saying sort of stagger it and again i'm going to come at it from a customer point of view in a second but as as a player point of view Mm -hmm. as a to you're saying sort of try and mitigate your losses you know work out at the point at which actually there's a point of no return if i hadn't hit x so maybe doing some forecasting and spreadsheets to know the points in your calendar when each yeah payment kicks I, I, in. I think that's that's only I think that's what you kind of have to do it because there's no safety. In, you know, if this is just m- my money, I'm going to lose out. Yeah. The event doesn't do well. Um, yeah. So I think you just have to kind of do that as best as you can. Okay, cool. Uh, Jody, same question to you. I'd say the similar. Um, I mean, for Fall to Darkness, the tickets on went on sale first of March. The event's not till September, yeah. so because it is a new event for me, it's all about the reputation and building that up. So I wasn't expecting it to be like bam, thirty-six tickets straight out the door within a week. Um, so I kind of staggered it and promoted it, drips and drabs through, and then the last three months, obviously, I try and push that promotion. If what six, eight to six weeks to deadline day, if you're less than a quarter, then count it in. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, not worth it but like Grant said it all comes down to the cost the outlay that you're you're throwing away um, whether it's too too great or too too little that, not that it doesn't matter because losing money always matters but yeah it's not going to make it comes too to much play where you, yeah yeah you, if, you've, or if you've lost X amount you don't want to lose X, Y and Z you've yeah. got yeah, to yeah. call at some point so um, so Liam in the chat Liam next time I'll just I, I should have just said do you want to join us on the chat and hooked you up, mate? Um, uh, we'll get you on uh, in the in the if the show's still going, which hopefully it will be. We'll get you in on the uh, the run up to um, uh, War in the Heartlands, uh, and you can sort of the, chat about. Unfortunately, the, the the dog needs a toilet, so I'll have to. No worries. Take okay. Be back in a minute. Yeah. No problem, mate. No, no, no problem. Um, I think uh, so. The, to flip it on its head, then. So, at what point does a TO cancel a tournament uh, so that they're not incurring costs? How much uh, does the the customer, the the players' uh, outlay, also come into it? So, there was an event that was run recently, and this might be the one that they're referring to, where they sort of pulled it um, due to low ticket sales. However, uh, no, I'm going to be careful about what I say because it will just sort of give it away. But um, basically. You know, people book hotel rooms, they book train tickets, they book planes, they book whatever and stuff. Yeah. Um, what point is it sort of like, ah, maybe I should go ahead with this because I've said that I'm going to do this event and, yes, if I lose some money, potentially I, I'm still going to have to push ahead or, you know, maybe I could scale I it back? Think, uh, for me at that point, it's all about communication between you and the players that are attending. Um, there's no point... Say, say it's a GT and you've advertised it 50 people you only sell 20 tickets reach out to your player base and say okay well we've only got 20 people we're not going to advertise it as a GT we'll keep some of the prizes basically advertise what you've got at the point of it might not be as grand as what was originally portrayed but by that at that point you're still then keeping the respect of the players that have 
put their hand in the pocket to attend your event rather than just leaving them out in the cold. Uh, still a GT, they turn up, they spend all this money and it's not actually what you advertised. Yep. So I think it's all about clear communication. For me, anyway, it's, it's about clear communication between you and your, your patrons that are coming to your event. Um, and just making sure that communication is, is as clear as possible. Yeah, I, I think that I think that I think you've nailed that. So, um, uh, so Grant, I was just sort of saying, you know, at what point does a TO have some responsibility to the sort of the customers? Uh, I keep calling them customers uh, as players who've sort of spent out for hotels and travel and so on, and might be out of pocket for it and stuff. Um, and Jedi was sort of saying it's all about communication. So it might be you can sort of go, well, look, guys, we're still going to go ahead, but we're not going to run food. We're not going to offer as much prize support. It's going to be twenty guys, mm-hmm. but you know, there'll still be an event if you want to come to it and stuff. So I think communication is key. Don't yeah. go, don't go quiet on Twitter or social media channels, and you know, don't be uh, dishonest with with the people that sort of are, you know, choosing to spend their money to to come and play at your yeah, event. Yeah, it's it's it, it's not an easy one to, to try and figure out at all. I don't think, um, and I think it comes down to again the issue is that I because of the the scene in Scotland, it's, events are are selling out, you know, so well. Yeah. So this is something I, I've had to deal with. Um, but yeah, like you say, you just have to, if you can keep an eye on, if you know who's coming and you can see, okay, so far, no one's, if you, turns if you know them or not, but obviously if it's just been local folk that have signed up, you can sort of keep holding on a bit longer. But if people are starting to pay hotels, then yeah, it does become a problem because you don't want to be on the hook. Well, you, not even you be on the hook, but you don't want the reputation of, oh, I spent £200 in a hotel for yeah. the weekend and it got cancelled. So so I, I think I, th- I as someone who... Uh attended quite a lot of tournaments in year one and sort of, you know, for various reasons, sort of uh, had to scale back on some as well. And so, for example, I was supposed to be coming to Onslaught, but I found out that mm-hmm. uh, I've got to have keyhole surgery on my knee that week. So I'm not going to be really wanting to yeah, be on my feet for yeah, two not, days. No. Um, so I had to cancel. <laughs> then that had a knock-on impact that the rest of the guys who were sort of coming up with me mm-hmm. were like, well, we're not going to come and stuff. Um, my advice to any players going to a tournament is that unless you know it's nailed on, you know, so this tournament's been running for a long time or whatever, just just pay for the flexi rate on a hotel. Yes, it's an extra 20 quid, yeah. but that 20 quid versus the potential loss if an event has to get cancelled, you know, just have a think about that. You know, the flexi rate is there. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but it is insurance I mean, also, there. reach out to the TO. Yeah. And say, like, okay, I'm, to book, I'm looking to book in hotels. Is the you know, is there enough people going? Is yeah. there is this you know, just anything like that? Again, I guess that's where having the page on TGA for all Scottish events are. You can see, okay, look, there's thirty odd people coming. This is happening. I'm safe to buy a ticket. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm going to say is yes to flexi rates on hotels. No to flexi rates on tickets. Because that is oh, yeah. absolute bollocks, and I'm sorry that was one of the worst and predi- I, I, I was disgusted by that, and I did get into it on Twitter. I thought that was outrageous to have a flexi rate on a ticket because if you buy your ticket in advance, which means you're supporting the event after a month, I'm sorry you can't get a refund or whatever. That was outrageous yeah, no, to say. Nonsense. But pay ten pound extra, and we'll we'll do this. And um, Liam jumps in here. Um, I think this comes uh, happens when people put tickets on sale too early. People put tickets on sale a year in advance. 
advance, then refunds aren't offered offered after a month. People book hotels, etc. So don't sell things that far ahead as a TO. Yeah, I think that's good mm-hmm. advice. You know that everyone literally, I think, after the first war in the heartland, said like, get the tickets on sale now. We we want our ticket. When's it going on sale? And I think we were harassing uh, Liam and Mark for like <laughs> months and stuff. But he's absolutely right. You know, life changes. Mm-hmm. What I book today might not be the circumstances for twelve months' time. Um, event in six months still not on sale yeah so Liam, and again that builds up some of that hype and demand as well for it that it's like oh yeah God. i think yeah a lot, a lot of it comes down to as well if your date for the ticket sales is how much do you are you able to just you know pay for everything out of pocket and then reimburse yourself or yeah are you wanting to sell the tickets and use that money to fund the, the trophies and everything else um but yeah i think like a six-ish month lead is probably fine yeah. I'm just checking if I if I make that category if I'm doing mine a bit early, but <laughs> uh, you are slightly. Uh, no, actually, I think you're on fine. I think you're fine actually. So yeah, we're, we're yeah. in May now, so fi- sort of six months time will be eleven. So yeah, yeah I think uh, absolutely okay. So right, moving on from tos, then road to carnage quickly. Five minutes. How are you ready? List submissions Friday. Grant, are you ready? Have you picked your list? Uh, I think so. I think okay. So, yeah. Uh, if I'm taking the list, I'm thinking I'm still painting it. But you know, there's nothing new there. Um, more, more or less, I, I think. I think I'm sorted. Yes. Okay. Uh, what What are you taking? <laughs> I think I'm sticking with the KO. Taking the KO. Taking the Bloom Boys. I think, okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the other armies I've got. I've not been enjoying playing them recently. Worst case scenario, it's going to be a new experience for five games for me. Um, looking at what I want from an army. Um, which is mobility, sorry, mobility, some shooting and some combat. I can do all of that with my list for KO. Um, if I take like my Lumineth, for example, I don't have much mobility or combat. I have lots of shooting and magic. If I take the Beast, Beast Claw Raiders, I've got mobility and combat, but not much shooting or anything else. So I think the way I'm looking at my head is that KO sort of covers a lot of stuff. And it's an army I've wanted to run for a while, but the previous books did nothing for me because it was just shooting or nothing. But I think the new book has got that combat slant I quite like. Um, it is like looking in the mirror two weeks ago before Warhammer Fest. Oh, <laughs> mobility! It's got mobility. It's got some shooting. It's got some combat. There's, you know, it's really good. I'm just gonna learn great. from your mistakes, though. Yeah, this thing is like fun. I'm gonna have some fun. Nothing, if nothing else, I'll have five interesting games. Turned out that it was six anyway because it was the extra games and stuff at Warhammer Fest. <laughs> uh, but okay, and, and by the way, I'm not going now and then list tailoring for my one game against you. I'm running what I'm gonna run. No, that would be very because sad. because I was listening if. if, if if you're playing gets, I probably want to take my Lumineth and just yeah. leadership shut down two units. Exactly. Like, so there's no point. List tailoring for your first game is is the worst because you then just end up going into like opposite lists. So okay, so you're all set. List submission on Friday on stats and ladders, which um uh, will be an interesting uh, new experience for us. But the the um uh the user interface looked quite interesting actually. I, I quite yeah, I've, I've not used it before. I'm excited right. to see it. See yeah. something as an alternative. Like I, I don't mind DCP, but I know a lot yeah. of people don't like it. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, uh, Grant asking if are all new books in use? They are, except for the Seraphon, because it's basically behind a paywall. Um. So if it's not readily yeah. accessible, it's the same as what they did for Slaves to Darkness at uh, Carnage teams last year so um all other books are in play uh mark says grant is a bad man for taking ko i'll be making him listen to gina g on repeat on the drive down as recompense recompense uh thank you mark 
appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Gigi, Steps, Spice Girls, all of this is in his playlist. Uh, Fish saying everyone has the PDF as cell phone. No, they don't, because if you're a new player, you don't know where it is, etc. But anyway, it's not it's not in play. I'm not the TO. We, we can have that conversation with Alex next Tuesday when we do the list review show. Jody, you're set for uh, Carnage. Yes, still, still painting like a madman. Um, I know I'm taking list of submitted, but yeah, it's just uh, trying to go over the finish line because um, I've been painting the army for seven months, eight months. <laughs> so that's your Lumineth um, then. Not to Lumineth, spoil anything, yeah. but that's your Lumineth then, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah. um, stupid me thought, you know, I'll, I'll do something that I can push my painting skills, just do non-metallic metal on everything. <laughs> I'm regretting my decisions. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to uh, message Alex yesterday just to cover cover myself with a few little bits that I don't think will be finished in time. Um, but uh, but yeah, everything's set. I'm trying to get over the line. So just a question then have you actually managed to get you've been painting like a madman have you actually managed to play the list practice at all yeah i've had a couple of games of it yeah played uh three or four games of it it's the easiest army i think i've ever played with um so I'm, i don't think i'm going to struggle that that way um can i introduce uh, you to yeah. beast claw raiders <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or gargants <laughs> Okay, uh, Grant, any practice games in with the KO or are you taking it in blind? No, I'll have a practice game on Friday. Okay. So I'll have at least one and I'll try and get another one in the following week as yeah. well, if I can, um, just to get some sort of idea. I would do TTS, but I had to replace my laptop and the new one, if I look at the screen for too long, it hurts my eyes playing a video game, it turns out. Yeah, not good. I don't think know, you can don't... get like one of those filters that you put over it. Like yeah, I might try something thing. like that, but yeah, yeah. it's... It's weird. I've and, never and, had a screen that is that before. Anti glare, like search Amazon mm. for like an anti glare filter. Yeah. And um, have you um, have you bought pro painted studio tokens for the for the army I, to at least I, have you? I haven't for the KO. I pretty much do for most armies eventually. I haven't bought it for the KO yet. Still time. There is still time. I have made. I have though. I printed off command point tokens and they're sitting here and I've just dry brushed them gold. I got little KO nice uh, coins. So I've got command point tokens. So my, that part my top tip for you for that is um, basically if you get yourself some large bases, some wooden ones, MDF ones, mm. and write which boat is which and then have that to the side of your table and put your yeah. boys in them, it will help you no end. That was my bit. That was my top yeah, tip. I mean, my, my other top tip is just put the models on the bases. Yeah, I mean, you could do that, but it's a faff to move it around when they fly it high is, and yeah. stuff. So having it on the side so your opponent can see it or just so you remember what's in which boat, that's my it's own... That it does the, he does the it, the things for that, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does, yeah. 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 So, but yeah, a little bit of MDMF board. Yeah, anyway. So, okay, so we're, I'm, I'm probably going to take uh, gits. So I've got a practice game tomorrow night with some gits, um, with some bounders and a mangler squig and some fast moving git stuff um or mm-hmm. i'm gonna take ogres depending on how the practice game goes tomorrow <laughs> uh i hate 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 building lists i'm gonna do a show on list building i'm gonna get some experts in with list building uh i'm not one and uh we'll, we'll do a show with that so yeah okay so um uh fish says uh seven months to paint an army oof i normally decide two weeks before the tourney buy build and paint it learn the army on the day what could possibly go wrong <laughs> Nothing, fish. I mean, nothing at all. I mean, uh, you own more Warhammer than I do, uh, and 
anyone does, I think. I think you've got I think you've said yourself you've nearly got every army or you have got every army. Uh which is some dedication. So yeah, well I mean this there. this KO army, I think, by the time it's by the time of the event, um, I should I should finish the last boat this weekend. It'll have been about three weeks from plastic to painted. Done an army Which in I, a week, pal. I've done an army in a week. I hate my, it. I wish I wish I could take kids. seven, eight months to paint an army. Like I would love to see what I could do, but I just I lose interest. Yeah. I no, really struggle to keep up the interest. My my <laughs> KO with the uh, I was gonna say with the wind charges, I've decided to paint hair texture on them. Like what? Oh god, yeah. I've I I I've painted five wind chargers and I've got like I've got I, I still love my Lumineth army, but I I always want to do the Stone Guard stuff more, but I got distracted by the horrible techless Elon list. Um and yeah, like I've got a few wind chargers and no, they were a slog. Did not enjoy painting them. I, I, I did my KO, I sprayed yes. it lead belcher, I painted a few bits of colour on there, I painted some metallic gold using metallic gold because fuck non-metallic metals. <laughs> and then I yeah, I was done. Put some uh, some null oil on, jobs are good and um, Mark's saying army in a week, why so slow? Uh Fish says he's two armies away from completing AOS. Uh and his record was interesting to see where uh, Craig Morrow uh, from Northern Ireland, he I think has every army for AOS. Wow. Crazy. Um yeah, because he's just basically topping up on what additions get added to now. It's mad. Okay, so uh, last sort of coming into the last ten minutes. So, uh, if you've got any questions for my guests, throw them in the chat now, and we'll do a speed fire uh, answering the questions. Um, what I will say is, next week we have Alex and myself uh, drinking lots of wine and doing a Carnage list review. Don't know how far we'll get before we start slurring our words, but it'll be interesting to find out. I don't know whether we're doing every list or whether we're just doing our top I mean, hopefully five. you're going to have at least one bottle of wine before you start. I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> Who knows? I did that's, it today. That's so. a big break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Carnage List Review next week. The week after that, we've got um, some of the guys from Mad Gaming, uh, which is my Manchester-based gaming club, and uh, Nick from the Moor Tribes talking about Carnage, their experience at Carnage, and also about building clubs and communities. So that'll be an interesting one. And then I'm hoping the week after that, we'll then do a hobby show uh, where we'll have Lyndon from uh, Grand Alliance Friendship on, and I need another guest. So if anyone's out there and wants to talk about hobby and is a proper hobbyist, uh, let me know and you can join us on the show. Um, and then for the future, I want to try and get um, some shows on, as I say, um, uh, whatever I was just talking about. Can't remember. Uh, list building. List building. So someone yeah. on for list building. Um, I'd love to get some of the guys from uh, Onwards, AOS on to talk about their uh, Patreon and coaching scheme. Um, I know a couple of the guys involved in that, as as you will, Grant, as well. You know, Nathan's mm-hmm. one of the guys involved in that. So I'm going to reach out to them, see if they'll come on the show and have a chat about that. Uh, I might do a Just Roll Sixes uh, Down Under special and try and get Pete from Plastic Crack on to talk about the relaunched uh, blog. Um, so, yeah, so plenty of content and sort of trying to talk to some names that maybe you don't normally sort of see on these shows uh, because, you know what, it is a wide community. There's a lot more people out there than just sort of the same five or six guests. Not that they're not interesting, yes. but there's there's more out there. Um, if you have enjoyed uh, what we've uh, done in the show, um, click through onto the uh, Kofi, uh, buy us a beer. Any money I get between now and next Friday, I will share with anyone who's been a guest on the show at Carnage and get them a beer. So head on over there, oh. buy us a beer. Um, 
So uh, basically, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask, actually. Oh, go for it. You've got a question. Ca- carnage, car- carnage drinking related. Yes. So my, my original plan on the Friday night was to head to Dr. Feelgood's. Apparently, that no longer exists. No idea what in Stockport. It was it was a rock club in it was it was, uh, it was a rock club in Stockport. Um, so I was wondering if there was anywhere else in Stockport that I can. There's that's a worth going to. That, we'll chat afterwards, but there's a pub yeah. that's the other way that's not bad. Okay. Or or get an Uber, come into Manchester. There's a ton more better places. Oh yeah, to go I, drinking yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've got to get back home again. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, and um, uh, Louis saying I should get him and Toby on for a competitive versus casual point of view. Um, so obviously Toby from the casual point of view and Louis from the competitive point of view. Uh, the OG Warhammer Brothers, absolutely. Um, Louis, anytime. Uh, just let me know. We'll we'll sort a, a date and time out. Um, I want to get Phil. On and his so that, 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 tag team, the medals versus the marshals. Yeah, surely that's. Uh, I can only have <laughs> X amount of guests. I'd have to get one of each, which isn't fair. But um, I will get Phil and Tom on to talk about their new tournament as well, the um, the Brothers War, uh, which has sold out already, and that's March next year uh, for a team event. Um, I'm putting a team in myself. Um, looks really good. Um, so yeah, any questions? Everyone's sort of gone, uh, not really questioning. You know, they've asked questions throughout the show, which is fantastic. Um, Fish is saying, uh, get some of the uh, West Midland Wargamer lads in when you're talking about building a club and local scene. Absolutely. Um, you know, Trog, Lewis, Chris, any of those guys, uh, more than welcome on the show to to chat Warhammer. And, and yourself, Fish, if we can keep the swearing down just a touch um no swearing in the first three minutes i think is the rule that i was saying before we're good a lot less swearing this week actually weird don't know um louis says don't know if you have the funds for me and toby on to be honest um i think it's just like three shots of aftershock or something isn't it louis um yeah it's not much um so yeah so as i say uh make sure you hit like and subscribe uh, for the show as well follow us on uh uh twitch um there's not much else to say. Uh, is there any other? Let's do a quick shout out of your tournaments again. So, Grant, when is the Brewdog Farmhammer event? The 11th and 12th of November this year. 11th and 12th of November. Excellent. And tickets yep. will go on sale on your Twitter, which is yep. at Farmhammer. At Farmhammer. Excellent. And there'll be two weeks on Friday. Um, it is in Ellen. In Scotland, so it's not it's not actually in Aberdeen, which is where a lot of people probably think it is. Um, so accommodations a little bit. There's like three hotels in Ellen, and we'll probably end up filling them all up. <laughs> so um, yeah, so if you want to get tickets, like if if, if you're interested now, just just pick me up, um, and I can keep you keep you up to date and stuff like that. Uh, it's fine. Like I say, we've got interest from Scotland, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, Norway. I think maybe some folk from England as well. I'm not sure. I'm still waiting here, but yeah, so it's going to be a big event, lots of fun. You know, come come and come and be like the first event. Uh, the first event uh, the, this year, sorry, it was won by uh, Gear from Norway, 
come and ruin a Scottish AOS tryhards weekend and take the event from them. That's <laughs> that's my challenge for the event. And Deny someone all those beautiful rankings points by taking it out. <laughs> uh, what I will say is, um, you you sort of said uh, where where it actually is located. Um, I was caught out by the location, so I was going to go to the Brewdog GT. I thought it was just in Aberdeen, but it's like a good. 40 50 minutes on from there and I was yeah like, it's, it's 40 minutes on from yeah aberdeen, and yeah. i was like oh well aberdeen's probably just you know there i'm in manchester as it is and it was like no it's like a 17 hour four-day epic journey onwards uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a direct flight there's a direct flight from manchester to aberdeen so there is know. there is there is so yeah so um if if uh funds permit i if i've got a job by then um i'll definitely be looking at making the journey up um i know jody spoke about wanting to go up as well actually uh to uh excellent Rudolph. so okay so that's you with your your shout out so jody again mm-hmm. remind us of when your tournament is how people can get tickets so it's the second and third of September of this year um, at Welling Games in Hockey in Essex. Um, so tickets, uh, you can either hit me up on my Twitter, which is j.bethedraw, or I have created one for the event purpose, um, which is full underscore two underscore darkness with one S. Um, just jump on there. There's posters flying around Twitter. I mean, I've, I've um, retweeted it. I think Pete's retweeted everyone that's gone out so far. Um, so you'll see them floating around, just hit me up on that. And um, yeah, you can get it basically explains all the ticket info on there. And I'm hoping the pack will be out next month. Um, a bit more info. But, uh, but like we said at the beginning of the show, with the new GHP coming, that side of it's going to be a bit blank until we know what, what actually is coming around in the summer. Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, definitely almost definitely coming out in June, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll always retweet if um, you know I see somebody doing something great in the community. I'll always I'll always try and give a bit of support where I can. Um, community only grows if we help each other grow, you know. Um, yeah. Definitely. So, um, so I think we'll call it a uh, a night there. Um, as I say, hit like and subscribe. Um, go follow my guests on Twitter. Um, if you like what they've had to say, um, we will put the show out as a podcast. It's quite long at two hours, but I guess if you've got a week's worth of travel, it'll cover you for that. Or, <laughs> you know, perhaps it's a drive down from Scotland to Carnage if you want to listen back to the uh, the, the 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 show itself. Uh, I'm and it- edit my own podcast. But I'm listening to my own voice. I'm listen to anything. <laughs> Else, that <laughs> uh, no brilliant and um, we'll put it up as a, a video on demand as well and at some point i'll look at trying to publish them on youtube and stuff who who knows you know uh, put it everywhere uh, as i say um if you if you've enjoyed the content and you're like brilliant uh, go and uh, buy buy a beer on uh, kofi uh, and when i see the guys next week um, i'll get some alcohol down their their throats um, and use the funds for that it will actually be used to buy a beer and uh, make sure you tune in next tuesday for the carnage list review show it's going to be carnage by name carnage by nature it's alex you know i don't know if i'm looking forward to this or not because it's just gonna we're gonna see what all the filth is and it's gonna be awful <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, it's less the list it's more what alex is going to be like you know again you talk about usps <laughs> the usp of carnage is alex uh, this is a man who uh, rolls, rolls, spins a wheel to pick battle plans. Although I think, oh, I thought it was something different this year. Yeah, it? I was going to say, I'm not yeah, sure if it'd be on the field. Ball. It's a bingo, it's a bingo machine yeah. this year for the uh, for the things. Which means we, we could get twists and turns, which is great. 
Oh, God. Um, Surely that's in the mix still. What I will say is one of the followers next week who tunes into the show, if they're going to Carnage, will get to spin the the bingo machine to pick the first battle plan. <laughs> Talk about exclusivity and benefits oh. of being a follower. I mean, oh, you can't get much better than that. Um, so, yeah, thank you again to my guests. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves on the show. Um, I've absolutely loved it. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining in. Uh, thank you to Liam for uh, being the uh, fourth guest on the show. Uh, and at some point when uh, we do the lead-up to War in the Heartlands, I'll uh, I'll try and get him on the show and uh, see if he'll uh, do some spicy chat about what's coming up for it and see if I can get it out of him, who the cameos might be this year. So thanks again, everyone. Uh, have a great evening, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, God, yeah. No, see you next Tuesday. Can't end on that. Uh, We'll see you next week uh, on a day that will be Tuesday. Good evening. (laughs) 